welcome to the Rugged Edge Survival Guide, a Rugged Edge computing podcast by Premio, where it's all about the hardware I.O. Join us on our constant search into how embedded computing solutions are transforming the enterprise business landscape. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rugged Edge Survival Guide, a Premio podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Premio's podcast. Make sure that as you're listening along, you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you're also going to our website, premioinc.com. Again, premioinc.com for more information about our solutions and services and other Premio content. So on this episode of the podcast... We're bringing you the rugged education, pun intended, that you deserve. Breaking down exactly what is the rugged edge, why it matters to industries across the economic spectrum, and how high-performance computing is shaping data acquisition and insights. So here to give us the full breakdown on rugged edge computing and giving you the rugged edge computing 101 is Dustin C2, Director of Product Marketing for Premio. Dustin, great to have you on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Daniel. A lot of exciting things to talk about, about edge computing, but specifically, you know, how this is helping shape a lot of intelligence for a lot of these, you know, corporate enterprises and these new businesses. Absolutely, Dustin. Really looking forward to getting you back on the podcast. And let's go ahead and jump right in. There's plenty to unpack today. So, Dustin, much of our conversation today is going to be aimed mostly at system integrators, uh, machine learning software designers, and then more generally, anyone that's working around industrial-grade hardware. So can we start with you explaining why understanding what rugged edge computing is and how it fits into these operations is important to that specific listening audience? Yeah, so, you know, system integrators and machine learning has always kind of been built around compute architecture. But what really is, you know, changing in the industry is there is becoming a shift of how data is being evaluated and at what words need to be addressed for a specific application. So most importantly, applications in a lot of these intelligent environments are what's really dictating how data moves back and forth. So, I mean, currently edge computing in terms of a trend is exploding, right? Everyone recognizes that data is definitely the new gold or say the new value. But, you know, in the past, people were kind of understanding what they wanted to do with that data and wanted to kind of gather all that data for important reasons. And I think currently right now, the, the, the enterprise companies or just the businesses who put the most investment early on into, you know, the Internet of Things are now starting to see somewhat of the benefits moving into what now is called edge computing. So, I mean, you know, in the past, right, you know, these, these IoT sensors being deployed, um, each individual sensor, whether that be, you know, um, you know, in a factory floor, whether that be in some type of vehicle, these sensors are pinging in intelligent data, and that data is very important to analyze. Really, where this 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 model of edge computing is starting to grow into is now there's a a, a need for decision making with a lot of speed and accuracy, right? On how you actually take all that data and actually compute that data and turn it into an intelligent result is really where businesses are now starting to see the value of what data is and you know how the data moves you know whether that be at the edge level where data is being generated 
all the way back into, uh, for example, you know, everyone's familiar with the cloud, right? And how you're leveraging that data for mission critical type of applications is, is really the importance of computing in a, in a general sense. So let's get a broader look at how the industry is shaping this need for rugged edge computing then. At the core of it, one of the major motivators is definitely the prevalence of big data. Can you give us some context on the digitization of data over the last several years and how this is impacting needs for the rugged edge? Yeah, great question. So I think one of the key words that you mentioned was uh, big data. So, I mean, in in the last few, I would say the last decade or just the last several years, um, big data has really transformed a lot of the the strategic planning in IoT. And, you know, big data as as a theme of what it was before was, okay, we recognize that, you know, large, large data sets need to be collected analyzed and moved to in an environment and, and specifically a controlled environment that can kind of compute all that data. So, I mean, in, in the big data world um, at that time where they really wanted to kind of compute that data, that model, that comfort model was really uh, what we know is today as the cloud and the cloud, you know, specifically in terms of the digitization of data has been a mainstay for how to really aggregate that data because in a controlled environment or in a cloud, you really do have all the necessary resources available for you to run these large, large data sets for um, you know, neural networks or deep learning networks that really are pushing the, this machine learning model to the edge level. So really how, how the data is continually going to explode. Um, I read an IDC article um, a few weeks back that really highlighted the, the benefits of data, but really how it's exploding because whether it's like I mentioned, IoT sensors to industrial PCs to gateways to even servers, all that is hardware that's basically interacting with data. And a number that they threw out was that was pretty incredible to me is that, you know, by the year uh, 2025, the data is going to be, you know, in the world data is going to be at about 175 zettabytes. And just to kind of put into a picture of what a zettabyte is, I mean, 175 zettabytes, what that would equivalent to would be, I mean, if you had a stack of DVDs, right? DVDs that were very familiar, almost kind of like dinosaur objects now, but <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> DVDs, I mean, if you had a stack of those, you know, 175 zettabytes would literally wrap around the earth 222 times. And that's a fact that IDC pulled out. Um, I thought that was pretty incredible. So that kind of paints the picture, right, of how incredible this data could continuously exploding. But what I really want to focus in on is in terms of the digitization and why there's this new growth and benefit of data, um, whether it just be just collecting the data, I think the shift is really no longer what I call, it's no longer the digitization of data. I like to call it, it's really the digitization of automation and intelligence. It's taking that data to really move it into a workload where you're providing actual intelligent actionable results that can either prevent or you know make a decision in a, an application um, that will, will that's basically pulling all this data and it's learning it's learning as it gets smarter as it continues to grow what has been the benefit for companies that have transitioned to more iot at the edge integration and in general more data-centric approaches to their business has it been positive go ahead and give us some context yeah, so kind of, I mentioned it a little bit, right? But every major strategic goal for all these businesses who are looking at IoT or looking to integrate IoT, make a lot of their decisions based on data. 
And that main goal is really one thing only is to really streamline automation and now use these machine learning algorithms to really deliver intelligence. So as a whole, I mean, what does that do when you have intelligence at the edge or when you have intelligence based on data, that's either going to help you reduce costs, right? It's going to help you be more operationally efficient. It's going to help you understand and prevent um, risks potentially um, within an application um, and really control. I mean, the, the key word there is be able to control uh, that automation environment to where you can get to a place of, you know, streamline um, automation. A good example of this that I also read in the news, um, it's related, related to COVID. So there's this a German manufacturer, uh, basically um, their core business was uh, beverage manufacturing and glass bottles, right? So, I mean, essentially you can imagine how beverage manufacturing is, right? You have all these bottles moving down automation lines and then, you know, they're inputting or just putting liquids and beverages into these glass bottles. The interesting part of how they use data and IoT specifically is they have, you know, sensors that recognize the output of their actual glass bottles being used. So they're basically counting, okay, in a production throughput or a production output, we have X amount of glass bottles, um, you know, being used. Um, but with COVID, they recognized early on that, you know, a lot of these glass bottles were actually not being returned because most people were staying at home. So that decision, you know, knowing that data ahead of time really allowed them to increase the output of a lot of their beverage manufacturing by working with their vendors to pull in more glass bottles to meet their, their incredible demand during, uh, you know, a pandemic. So that's just a, just a simple example, right? You know, data early on, data that is, you know, smart. You can really pull those into analytics models uh, where you can make a decision and, and increase, you know, productivity or output. When we're talking about the edge, the cloud often gets brought up in these conversations as well. So I think it's important to do a little compare contrast here. Can you clarify what the differences and the similarities are between the edge and the cloud as we get deeper into our conversation today? Yeah. And in a lot of these thought leadership discussions, um, you know, you can't really talk about either or in its own world. I mean, it, they all relate heavily together. So in, in my in my mind, in my view, those those terms are basically fancy views to kind of see, or basically fancy views to kind of determine where data resides, how data moves, whether it starts at an IoT endpoint, right sensor, then it gets moved into a little bit more compute element where it can process it, and then after it's processed, the the action of that and that data gets moved into the cloud. So basically, you know, some of the the similarities. Uh, between those two models is that there are compute architectures in place to manage the data that comes through, but really it's dedicated to the specific workload that's needed um, for uh, that, that set application. So I don't think by any means, um, you know, with all this, this hype about edge computing, it definitely the cloud is not going to go anywhere because the cloud has been proven, you know, time and time uh, for the past however many years that it's proven to have enormous compute and storage capacity, right? So the cloud is very, very much a place to really kind of dump data and use it as a repository. In addition to that, I mean, you know, speaking to a lot of these um, deep learning models, neural network models, all that is run in the cloud. And you can't do that in, 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 in the edge level or an IoT sensor because there's just not enough horsepower, right? And when you're throwing these large, large data sets, the cloud does have enough horsepower enough resources, you know, it's in a controlled environment to really run training to make these machines a lot smarter. Where the edge really comes into play and where compute is coming to play at the edge is once all that training and once that model has been, you know, proven in the cloud, 
you need to scale your business, right? You need to scale moving it closer to where the data is being generated at the edge. And the key topic of what's happening is that, you know, it's becoming an inference model. And what the inference model is, is basically taking this trained model from the cloud and moving it into an edge computing model to where um, it no longer needs to really um, do the training. It basically can run the algorithm that's proven to do. So all these algorithms are now shifted into an edge model. Um, for example, if you know, in video surveillance, right? If, you, if you're seeing a thousand images of an object, the edge had to really figure out what, or really train it to, to what this object was, um, it would take forever. But once that inference engine has been run at the edge level, it quickly can decipher, it quickly can recognize the object that it's being shown. What are some examples of each of those models in practice, just so our listening audience uh, can ground some of that conversation? Yeah, so great question. I think it's, it's, let me take a step back. I think it's really, again, understanding kind of how the data moves through the ecosystem. So, I mean, the cloud, if you think of it as the new core of the repository of data, but the data can now move out. And when I move out, it can move back and forth from the IoT sensor endpoint all the way to the edge. So an example, right, at the edge computing is, is really about the ability to offer the necessary compute power resources, enough connectivity for real-time processing and decision-making for full autonomy. So a great example of this um, that we work with a lot of different partners in, in terms of hardware scale and like what they're looking for um, is a lot of robotics. Um, robotics in this day and age, how you look at edge computing requires sub-millimeter or sub-millisecond processing. Right, so the robotic arm, for example, on a factory line needs to be able to recognize in a, in a, in a millisecond timing that this object um, is whatever it is and then move it to a different object, right? Another, another great example of, of edge computing um, in, in some of our, our deployment use cases would be a lot of these commercial trucking and vehicle telematics um, that are driverless, um, right? They're proving in a, in a proof of concepts that they can actually do autonomous driving. Again, right, it's, it's all about that real-time processing, real-time decision-making, taking all the sensory data into a centralized uh, edge model to where it can either run these inference engines to, to train overall the, the, the future of autonomous driving. Um, so move, moving kind of that idea and example into cloud computing as a whole and how it differs. Again, I think cloud computing is always going to be there and it's reserved for training these massive data sets, uh, sets and deep learning networks. So. The beauty of the cloud is really the, the large storage capacity it is. Um, you can move data and archive data and, and kind of host it there um, and leave it there, but you also can continuously use the, the centralized location or controlled environment with all the resources to continually run training models for machines uh, to get smarter and smarter and smarter. Let's get a better definition of what edge computing looks like in today's business landscape. Can you define in your terms and in Premio's terms uh, what edge computing is in its current form today? What are its functions? How far does it reach, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, so currently edge computing reaches pretty far out from the core. And when I mentioned core being um, kind of that, that cloud, but really it's, it reaches out into all these different IoT sensors. And, and these sensors are very in, in, in areas where it's remote, mobile, environments, right? Um, and all those type of environments are usually not as controlled, usually not as stable. So, and in these environments, usually there are mission critical applications that are being run. 
So kind of to kind of paint that picture and kind of how Premio positions a lot of its products. And, you know, we've been in business for about 30 plus years and we've focused a lot of our, our efforts and resources around the engineering of embedded type of computing products. Um, so with the new set of, you know, edge computing, um, I like to look at it as, you know, embedded computing really gets what I call sexy makeover and it's moving into like rugged edge computing because embedded designers or embedded architects or embedded engineers have always been focused in designing these type of computing solutions in, in areas where requires, you know, power stability, you know, requires low power efficiency, requires um, ruggedness to really perform for a specific application, right? Um, perform reliability pretty much 24 seven. So where the market is now, and I think why it's such an interesting time um, to be in compute is because you're starting to now see a convergence of all this, you know, high performance IOT technology culminating into kind of a, a single form factor, you know, coming on all together. So IoT technologies, whether that being, you know, incredible compute power, semiconductor compute powers, you know, you have your, your new age wireless connectivity, in 5G connectivity, Wi-Fi 6, right? But now the benefit of that is all culminating into pushing these uh, solutions, computing solutions into these, these newer environments that are usually harsh, right? More mobile and more remote. Um, so just to kind of tap into a little bit more about where Premio plays into in our, in our products. So really focusing in on that environment, right? Um, once you decentralize a lot of this local compute power and you require this real-time processing and, and connectivity to drive these intelligent results, um, you, know, you need hardware platforms that have been proven and tested to ensure reliability. So what Premio does is that uh, most of all our products um, at the edge are designed um, using a passive cooling method and passive cooling method basically removes the fan, which is a detrimental part to a lot of electronics. Uh, once you remove that fan, you increase the reliability of the products, you know, exponentially. In addition to that, um, we really work with a lot of these um, next gen innovators in semiconductor technology, x86 compute, um, you know, we work with Intel. Um, on their on their CPU processing, we also work with Nvidia, right? Nvidia is big on you know GPU processing and using a lot of uh, their GPU cores for um, machine learning and a lot of the the intelligence. What sort of hardware is needed to support this level of edge computing today? Yeah, so to keep it really focused on our product line and what we have, we deal with a lot of edge workloads and edge applications that are really not in these stable environments. So power efficiency is always a big one. Having enough uh, compute power storage, local storage availability and having access to that is huge. Essentially it's it, the industrial PCs, right? Industrial proven PCs that can kind of pull all those resources together and deliver um, pretty reliable compute for uh, these, these next gen type of applications and these new workloads that are being required. So Dustin, obviously an essential part of what is pushing edge computing forward is where it's being applied. More specifically, the transformative technologies that are demanding closer to destination computing. So can you give us some insight as to what those key technologies are and why they're intersecting with rugged edge computing today? Yeah, so 
that's also a very great question and a good time to also be in, in computing is because again we're, we're starting to see this this convergence of all this transformative technology so um, i think a good place to start uh, the first transformative technology that i would like to talk about is wireless connectivity specifically talking about 5g networks and 5g networks are, are on the horizon they are in the future but talking about like 5g you know connectivity you can't really talk about it without mentioning um, you know the principles behind latency so you know by definition latency is the the time it requires to actually deliver the connection so in in ultra low latency settings if you're able to kind of do it extremely fast you do have the ability to push a lot of these newer uh, machine learning models at a sub millisecond decision making environment uh, the second big thing in terms of you know transformative technology with 5G is the overall bandwidth pipe. So as you you know by definition, bandwidth is basically I call it the pipe of how much data can move in and out. So you're usually limited about you know how big that pipe is or that bandwidth pipe. But as you increase that that bandwidth at the edge level to you know higher bandwidths, whether it be you know 10 gigabit on the Ethernet side, or you know you have a bigger pipe to now push all this data back and forth from the core all the way out to the edge. A second transformative technology um, that is, is really defining the rugged edge or just edge computing as a whole is machine learning and a future of artificial intelligence. So I think a question that everyone would pose is, you know, what is machine learning and how does it really drive artificial intelligence? So on a basis of machine learning, what humans are trying to do for these machines is that we're really trying to transfer a lot of these human characteristics um, into the machine. So, you know, a lot of us humans use our eyes, use our, our hearing, use our speech um, to really drive a lot of, you know, decision makings in our everyday lives. So being able to really move that into a machine is definitely not easy. Um, but with all these, uh, you know, being pulled in from IoT, we're starting to move into an area where machine learning is, is actually happening. Right. And all this data is being used to kind of train these machines to where they now have cognitive ability to make, you know, or situational awareness to make a decision based on data that's presented to them. But specifically on a, on a hardware level, um, why this is able to happen and why you're able to now be able to train these machines is because you do have incredible advancements in all these newer transformative technologies. So. Um, I mentioned it before, but like these semiconductor technologies, they're now being you know, designed into nanometer silicon, extremely small silicon, extremely power efficient that can do incredible, incredible performance. So it's really a balancing of, of both CPUs and dedicated GPUs that are power efficient, that are assisting um, a lot of this machine learning uh, models and algorithms. Uh, in addition to that, I think the, the overall industry is really driving a push for machine learning because um, it's very open source in terms of development kits. So my, my point there is that, you know, you're having a pretty, a pretty symbiotic relation between purpose-built hardware working with software to really deliver machine learning at its core. With IoT being one of the main reasons why we're seeing an increase in rugged edge computing needs, do you see the number of IoT endpoints continuing to multiply into the future? And what sort of effect do you see that having on the growth of rugged edge computing? Yeah, so I think there's two ways to look at it. I think IoT sensors definitely will continue to multiply because that's your sensory data. So there's going to be near innovation on how sensors are being used. 
But the second part to that is I think there's going to be a shift on where you can move the, the compute intelligence power closer and closer to the, the sensory data. But it still has to be in an environment to where it's, it's power efficient. And I think it's, it's a combination of multiplying of all these sensors, working with a lot of these edge computers, which, in, with, which are in proximity to kind of aggregate and compute that, that data. So if you ask me, I mean, the next, the future of rugged edge computing really is, is an exponential for, you know, all this different sensory data moving back and forth between mobile endpoints, edge to the cloud, back and forth symbiotic relationship. So let's distill this down to the why then, Dustin. Uh, why does edge computing at the rugged edge matter? And I know Premio has some key pillars that you focus on for why rugged edge computing matters. How do those key pillars that Premio focuses on really encompass how to deliver an adaptable and efficient rugged edge solution? Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier on, um, you know, being an embedded architect uh, engineering and manufacturing of these computing solutions for over 30 years really have helped us evolve into what we are defining as as the rugged edge but i think through this discussion and through this um, you know thought leadership i think you can imagine that edge computing is so broad so what i what i really wanted to do is kind of to focus on some of the key pillars that premium focuses on to really define what rugged edge computing is and you know, what those key pillars are and that we build across all our product families and all our product lines stem with number one being, you know, compute, taking an element of, you know, low power efficiency CPUs, but offering multi-core performance really helps shape a lot of these uh, rugged edge computing workloads. In addition to that, it's it's being able to balance both both the CPU, right, and leveraging a lot of these, these GPUs for real-time intelligence and real-time decision-making. Second, being able to access, um, you know, fast local networks and wireless connectivity that I mentioned earlier on in terms of, you know, transformative technologies. So, you know, we, we do allow for, you know, LTE, 4G, uh, you know, 5G now in, the, in a lot of our products, but now opening a lot of that bandwidth specifically into a bigger pipe, all right, into, into um, 10 gigabit, even, even on the ethernet side. Um, third, we really push forward, um, and I mentioned, you know, um, storage capacity. Uh, I think at the edge level, storage capacity has always been uh, something to, or bottleneck specifically, um, because, you know, and it's just not as much uh, resources there. So what we're able to do there is uh, we're able to introduce uh, these new protocols that have been used in the cloud for, you know, or many years, but now moving into the edge. So um, that protocol being, you know, MDME. Um, non-volatile memory express. So this basically allows a high um, access, high speed access to, you know, storage based off of, of PCIe architecture. Uh, fourth would be, um, you know, we can't talk about data going back and forth without hardware security. So um, we, we, we really take security, hardware security seriously across our, all our products and we define it through a standard. That standard being uh, the trusted platform uh, group's TPM 2.0 module. So this uh, 2.0 module is the standard that basically helps hardware encryption of data for you know users in a lot of these you know mission critical applications. And then last but not least, one of the biggest pillars of our products is taking a lot of our our, our knowledge in the mechanical and system validation side. Um, and leveraging a lot of our, our in-house testing equipment to push forward industrial ruggedization 
uh, for a lot of these remote and mobile environments. So what I'm talking about when I talk about ruggedization is that you're really pushing the product forward to be fit for operating temperatures that are can be freezing cold or on the, on the high end. Also in environments where the power input is not as stable, but being able to kind of recognize that there may be uh, a spike or uh, a down in the, the power voltage. And then last but not least, you know, shock and vibration is huge. Um, shock and vibration can cause most electronics to fail. So um, being able to, re to have resistance or reliability in, in shock and vibration is a huge pillar and element into a lot of our, our product lines. How can we frame this importance of rugged edge computing down to specific business benefits? What are some of the driving business benefits that you see in the intersection uh, between the edge and uh, business needs? Yeah, so I've, uh, I, I can speak to a few business benefits, um, but I, I do want to first focus in on kind of the, the overarching topics that I've mentioned. So I did mention like IoT, cloud, and, and artificial intelligence, right? So if all those different things are really coming into play to delivering the first business um, benefit, which is, uh, like I've mentioned, you know, it, this intelligence. Once you have that intelligence um, in, in, at the edge, that allows you to really make a predictive decision. It gives you insights and it really can help you control your automation plans and strategic direction for intelligence. So what's currently happening, right, is all these algorithms, all these machine learning models are being trained and now they're being deployed um, in inferencing workloads to really help a lot of newer age applications deliver that intelligence. Uh, second, business benefit is really the edge computing cloud uh, model. It's really balancing both edge compute and cloud and, and understanding the resources that you can pull from each of those models. So as you move the data back and forth, there's going to be micro edge centers that really or data center, micro edge data centers that are going to be distinctly used for um, specific um, you know, processing before it even gets moved into the cloud. So because of the, the, the necessary needs for you know, ultra low latency uh, compute power, but really, I mean, that whole business benefit is now understanding balancing of workloads and you know, dedicating resources for um, you know, streamlined automation. And then the last business benefit really is pushing forward to a full autonomous infrastructure. So autonomy as a whole, it continues to have a closed loop system. And when I say closed loop system, uh, reason being is that um, at, the, at, at the surface, it basically starts as a sensory data. That sensory data gets moved into a cognitive area. And that cognitive area is where the, the inferencing is happening, right? It recognizes what that object is. And then that data gets moved into something of a, maybe an edge data center where it can kind of do a little bit more post-processing and then moving it back into the cloud into this, this closed loop of autonomy. But once you have that closed loop of autonomy of intelligence with um, you know, edge computing as a whole, it now allows the machine or the businesses to get smarter and smarter and smarter. And then with, as you get smarter, you can make better business decisions for automation specifically. Let's ground a lot of what we've been discussing today to some specific popular deployments of Rugged Edge tech. So I'm going to walk us through some key markets and feel free to give us either specific or general industry-wide examples of how Rugged Edge computing is transforming these specific industries as digital transformations. So let's start with uh, one of the easier ones to wrap our head around. That would be robotics and industrial automation. Give us your take. 
Yeah, so I think this specific market or vertical is exploding um, with a lot of rugged edge computing demands, being that you wouldn't even have robotics specifically without even having um, you know real-time decision-making because it would just be bare metal. So these, these robotics um, and these industrial automation are really helping humans assist with a lot of efficiency and productivity that humans were originally tasked to do. So a great example would be um, a lot of these robotic arms that are now being deployed in manufacturing facilities, you know, for logistics and picking and packing, right? So um, this arm being able to recognize, imagine, you know, all these different objects in front of them, it, being able to pick that object, you know, decipher what that object is and then move it into a location to where it's recognized for that object. So, um, yeah, I think that is a very interesting market vertical that continues to explode with a lot of inferencing machine learning and rugged edge computing specifically. Another emerging market that uh, is also probably easy for uh, the listening audience to make the mental connections between is the autonomous vehicle market, specifically uh, when we look at commercial fleets. Can you break that down for us as well? Yeah, so that market definitely is the kind of the, the epitome of edge computing as a whole. Um, reason being is because to have even full autonomy without a driver in the car is, you know, enormous, enormous amount of zettabytes of, of sensory data that's getting pushed into a, a processing environment or a pre-processing environment where um, it can, you know, really drive uh, the, the autonomy. Um, so this really ties into a lot of the machine learning algorithms specifically. Um, we've worked, Primo has worked with a lot of different vendors or partners in this space to, um, and, and they're different, right? It's really how the application or software application is written. So for example, uh, some some fleet manufacturers will levy you know, more on the, the CPU side in terms of their workload consolidation. A lot of them will now even, you know, move that over to the GPU side and really, you know, require enormous, enormous amounts of GPU power for that data. So the point there is, you know, yes, there, there is continue, that market continues to explode with, um, you know, edge computing models that are pulling a lot of this intelligence to deliver autonomy. Let's get into some more industrial uh, options here for rugged edge computing in practice. What about for surface and underground mining equipment? Are you seeing any intersections here between rugged edge computing and meeting their technology and IoT needs? Yeah, so this market is a unique market. It's because we work with one of the leading uh, Fortune 100 companies in this market that really kind of defined what they're looking for from a compute. So, I mean, just as, in a general sense, you could probably imagine that, you know, rugged is the pillar of everything that they that they design into because construction equipment um, underground mining is already in a very extreme rugged and dusty harsh environment so their their mission critical reliability and a lot of their computing solutions um, are mandatory but where i see this market continues to grow and learning from a lot of this this customer specifically is they're they're now trying to run a lot of these machine learning and intelligence and modeling of you know underground mining Safety is another big one there too. So, you know, building the safety elements into it and kind of removing human element out of it is a huge safety precaution for a lot of these companies. So specifically, right, when you're basically underground mining, you're, you're modeling kind of what is in the actual mine. And if you can do that in an autonomous setting from, you know, from a hub, 
a centralized hub, these operators or these technicians can can basically you know use these these inference engines to really drive forward uh, in terms of mining equipment, autonomous mining equipment, things of that nature. What about for metrology? Uh, any intersections there? Yeah, so metrology is basically what the science of preventing defects in manufacturing, right? Just uh, this, that's what it really is. So traditionally, metrology um, was you know very human hands-on type of a task. So, for example, if you had a thousand parts being manufactured, you know a human would physically have to go in there and pull a part off the line and, and, and measure it to see if there were any defects. And if there were defects, then they can really you know address the issue. So how computing and how machine learning is now moving into that environment is a lot of these you know inline metrology system integrators are basically pulling these rugged edge computers uh, with incredible compute performance and running software algorithms to increase that throughput of the defect detection in production so one customer that we work for for here is we were able to kind of reduce a lot of their manual labor by moving a lot of the compute power. Um, I think it was about 10 times their, their normal speed on their inspection process, which was incredible for them. few more here to get your thoughts on. What about for intelligent surveillance? And give us some context on uh, exactly what sort of surveillance uh, use cases are taking advantage of rugged edge computing. Yeah, so surveillance is has always been about data and the data of capturing all this surveillance sensory surveillance data from all these you know cameras um, but what really is starting to shift and in the intelligence model right the business benefit on the intelligence side of, of, of surveillance is now the analytics of being able to recognize certain situations or recognize certain facials uh, facial detection right all that's written into the software run with incredible compute power or purpose-built hardware. So, I mean, once once you're able to deploy surveillance applications with intelligence, you can really prevent a lot of issues. You can raise red flags, right? And that really is um, what's driving this market forward for intelligence. And finally, one that is also drawing a lot of attention is the use of computing for smart kiosks. So how are they taking advantage of the rugged edge? Yeah, so kiosks as a whole are usually deployed in areas where they're remote, they're mobile, and they're often dirty. So, I mean, for example, you see kiosks usually, you know, outdoors, you see kiosks outside your supermarket, you see kiosks almost anywhere. So you can imagine um, something that requires reliability, something that requires, you know, wide operating temperature for compute. It's incredible performance, but this market specifically, uh, why it's kind of taking in a lot of this edge computing is kiosks usually are deployed with a, a huge amount of sensory, IoT sensors that pull into a central location. Um, so kiosks can have cameras, kiosks can have uh, you know payment readers, kiosks can have coin machines, kiosks essentially just have you know an array of IoT sensors. So all that sensory data gets pulled in and it basically it can be a POS kiosk, but really the, the intelligence there is you know, taking all that data and being able to recognize from a top level IoT standpoint, you know, what the benefit of the kiosk is doing, you know, you can get a customer profile, you know, all these are the, the analytics, the business analytics that are driving um, this market forward to deliver, you know, a better kiosk solution for the end user. All right, Dustin, that about wraps up our conversation for the day, getting all of the rugged edge education that we've been looking for 
getting that rugged edge 101. As we wrap up the conversation today, any final thoughts to leave our audience with uh, or any more information on where our audience can find out more about how rugged edge is impacting their industry? Yeah, so uh, you can find us um, on our website, which is um, www.premioinc.com. That's premioinc.com. A major benefit to kind of wrap around a lot of the the rugged edge computing models is uh, we do have case studies that we kind of present and kind of showcase how our industrial computing products are helping serve a lot of these edge computing models. So, um, yeah, thank you, everyone, for, for their time. Dustin C2, thank you again for your time on the podcast. Pleasure getting to chat. Yeah, thank you, Daniel. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Rugged Edge Survival Guide, a premio podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and make sure you're going to our website, premioinc.com. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.